Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right before uh, we started the show, Mark, I heard you mention... Dr. Kevorkian, what yes. was the context there? I, I wasn't paying attention. It was a conversation between you and Nick. Well, uh, actually, I was talking to you, and oh, okay. no, no surprise there. You always fiddle with your little gizmos before the show, and it's difficult to, to communicate with you. Well, I was but, busy, busily getting the webcam working again. Last night, it was on the fritz, and uh, we do once again have our webcam online at cam.freetalklive.com. And that's the best audio for the show, when it works. Yeah. We don't have any control over that. Not our fault. Apparently not. I don't think it's our fault. No. Um, uh, from CNN, uh, Jack Kevorkian, the assisted suicide advocate, currently on parole from prison, is planning to run for Congress, a Detroit newspaper reported on Wednesday. According to the Oakland Press, Kevorkian is planning to mount an independent bid in Michigan's 9th District seat currently occupied by Republican Joe Nolenberg. We'll see some honesty and sincerity instead of corrupt government in Washington, Kevorkian told the paper. He also said his plans are in the uh, formative stage, and he would uh, like to, and he would make a formal announcement next week. Nate Bailey, a spokesman for uh, Nolenberg, told CNN the congressman is working on turning Michigan's economy around and bringing jobs to Oakland County. He's focusing on working for the people of Oakland County, not on politics. So apparently, uh, the uh, Republican isn't terribly concerned about uh, Mr. Kevorkian's run here, but. Or that's the message he wants to portray. Look, I don't know anything about Jack Kevorkian except for what he does as, uh, you know, the Dr. Death role. And I absolutely, of course, 100% support that. Uh, the idea that people who want to end their lives should absolutely be able to end their lives. Uh, and if they can get the help of a doctor to do it safely and quickly and painlessly, then I really don't understand what people's objection to that is. So... I absolutely am in favor of what Kevorkian does, but I have no idea what the man's political viewpoint is. Well, how about this? Um, Now, we do... Dr. Kevorkian is an advocate of uh, euthanasia and, um, you know, a person's right to euthanize themselves, I I suppose. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what if you had a situation where your Congress critter was... uh, I don't know Joel Nolenberg. He could be the the worst Republican in the House, for all I know. But let's say he scores an 80 on the RLC's uh, Liberty Index. Mm. Um, that would be below Ron Paul. It would be um, better than, uh, you know, certainly better than McCain. What um, would you vote for, Kevorkian or Nolenberg in that particular instance? I'd probably stay home. You just wouldn't bother. I've seen the names of the Republicans that score around 80 on the RLC's chart, and they're a bunch of scumbags, so I wouldn't vote for any of those cats. Nick? Uh, Honestly, I don't think there's much in the way of good Republicans or good Democrats in the House. So the RLC, they're trying. They haven't managed to push many people in the GOP Close enough Brand to Brand <laughs> uh, They Yeah, but so far, not. they can say they have an 80% score, but no. It's not really moving things forward. They might be moving government f- further along more slowly, but yeah. that's all I can say it, for they it. They haven't had the uh, time frame that the Libertarian Party has had, and I, I think that the, it remains to be seen what the RLC is going to manage to do. Oh, I'm um, not condemning the RLC right. necessarily. I'm just saying so far, just because somebody 
looks good on their scores, I wouldn't vote solely based on the fact that they got a, de- a pretty high score. I'm just wondering if because of Kevorkian, would, would you vote for Kevorkian simply because he's an advocate for uh, euthanasia? Now, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't said anything about what his other stances are uh, other than, um, you know, I mean, that's it. He's an independent, right? So you don't know what his other stances are. But I do support where he comes from on euthanasia. Would you put him in as sort of a mandate for that to say, hey, look, a lot of people support this guy? If you won't vote on anything else. Well, he will vote on other things. <laughs> well, then that's – I'd have to look at the rest of his platform. I can't say whether I vote for him or not based on one issue that's not terribly important, I don't think. And th- at least I would say that most people, if they have a priority of issues, the euthanasia-assisted suicide is it, – it's it's an important issue, but it's a relatively small issue in the grand scheme of things. So it would really depend on what his other issues were. You can't just vote that one issue, I don't I, think. I could see myself voting for an 80 percenter – in a local election, like here in New Hampshire for state house or something like that, here the New Hampshire Liberty, uh, the, the the New Hampshire Liberty, um, I don't know why I'm, I'm spacing. NHLA. The Liberty. alliance was the word I was looking for. Thank you. The New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. We actually have Dennis Goddard on the line with us uh, in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. They they do this wonderful uh, ranking on a, a sort of a letter grade basis, A through F. And I believe there's also something that is below F called constitutional threat. And so if somebody scored like a A through a C and they were running up against people that were really scary or dangerous or an F, then, yeah, I'd vote for them. Why would you do it on uh, a local level but not a national level? Just because I don't think there's any point to doing anything on a national level, so really. On it's, a national level, um, it's only worth going out and voting for the big hitters like Ron Paul or perhaps Jeff, Jeff Flake or somebody like that. No, I wouldn't vote for anybody but maybe Ron Paul and the Libertarian candidate on a national level. Uh, it's just, you know, the federal government is gone. There's no chance of uh, they're, they're, bringing They're not gone around. because they're still taxing uh, the American citizens. Well, as far as it, it's, there's no chance that you're going to bring it around. Uh, it's, it is beyond the point of return. You cannot save the federal government, so really, why bother playing? I mean, really, it's just more of an exercise in futility to even vote for who I would suggest voting for. I haven't given up on the fed, on federal voting and trying to influence federal elections. I haven't given uh, up, but I'm darn close. Well, the way I see it is Washington is far enough along the road to tyranny that trying to take incremental steps back towards liberty, voting for somebody who scores marginally better, but is still looking to grow the size of government, that's but more slowly, that's not what's going to fix Washington. You need a sea change in Washington, and it will really depend on the American people you know, waking up and changing their minds about the role of government. Right, and the fact is people looking for that sea change just aren't running for office at the at the national level for the most part. Nope, uh, no, that's where, the, that's where the power is. Let's talk to Dennis. He's back with us with an uh, New Hampshire Liberty update. Hello, Dennis. Hey there. Well, you know, at the, at the national level, you know, even if we had a Congress full of Ron Pauls, what could they do? Because, as Downsize DC likes to point out, they don't read the bills, and when they do, it's... 5,000 pages of good, bad, and ugly all mixed together, all they could do is vote no on everything. I don't know how much that would accomplish, but I'm, I'm with you, Ian. Screw them. They're, it's broke. It ain't going to get fixed. Yeah, I'm not sending them uh, any money, so yeah, I'm pretty much withdrawn from the system entirely. It's just to you know, play the funny little voting game occasionally just for fun. So uh, you got a surprise today, I hear, Dennis. Yeah, the well, it was State awesome. Um, we, it, we, we did it. Um, the, the vote passed the House of Representatives by, by 48 votes. Um, they voted to decriminalize marijuana. 
decriminalize marijuana, reduce the penalty, what is it, on a quarter ounce? Yes, I mean, the, the amount is low. Hopefully we can get that fixed. It does go over to the Senate now, so there's got to be a whole other, you know, we start the process again. Wait, so how could this be, could that be fixed prior to the actual, uh, prior to this passing? Can it be amended back, or is it this what's going to go through if it goes through? Uh, well, it's it's all it's a done deal in the House now. The House has spoken. The House says a quarter ounce should be a $200 fine, basically treated like a traffic ticket. Hmm. And how do you feel the Senate's going to approach this? Normally, they're a lot tougher to uh, to get to vote in favor of liberty, right? My, my guess is the Senate, it's all going to depend on a couple of the Democrats in the Senate. The Republicans are going to vote against it just about down the party line. Hmm. We can probably work on... Because Republicans the love liberty. <laughs> Yeah, Small you know, government. particularly the Senate. In, in New Hampshire, you have to take the Senate and the House as completely different cats. There are completely different characters in them. And the Senate Republicans, to be frank with you, are nowhere near um, what, the Senate, what, what the House Republicans are in terms of liberty understanding. By the way, I didn't want to make it sound like Democrats cared about liberty either. They don't. It's just they're marginally better on this one issue. That's all. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so there's a lot of work to do on this, and it's going to basically involve really pounding about four or five of the key swing votes um, so that they hear from lots and lots of their constituents. And they go, geez, you know, I guess, uh, well, maybe this is something that, you know, I guess the people want this and it's not such a big deal and it won't really hurt. And, you know, it's pretty, This is still a pretty big step, though. It's never happened before in New Hampshire, right? The House voting in never, favor of never in the history marijuana of decrypt. The so we're moving in the right direction. Dennis, thanks for the update. More on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. Maybe New Hampshire can actually take a positive step towards decriminalizing drugs. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy them on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download it right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free at freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. We go back into your phone calls. Carol is on the line in Indianapolis. Carol, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's on your mind tonight? Well, what's bothering me is I keep hearing the media going on and on about uh, holding Mr. Obama accountable for what his minister said and being highly upset when Michelle Obama, Mr. Obama's wife, um, said it during one of his campaigns, you know, after his campaign win and everything, that uh, for the first time in her life she felt proud of America. Yeah, I, and, I, I heard uh, that quote. There was a lot, a lot of people were, you know, were kind of upset about that. But the thing of it is, white America has lived in a different America than black Americans mm-hmm. have. And there have been many instances where America was doing great that the black Americans were not doing so great. And there's been many incidences where black Americans could have been ashamed. And I, I've lived in America all my life. I'm 67 years old. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, you know, my dad going off to a war where he was in segregated uh, barracks and all of those kinds of things and where my brothers, you know, went in and, and were denied promotions and things. So 
there have been lots of cases where we've had to act like full-fledged Americans, where we have denied, been denied complete access to the bounty that America holds. So for her to be able to experience the joy of seeing her husband succeed and be considered a viable candidate where none of mainly the black um, contestants have ever really been taken serious, yes, it would be a moment when she could see all of the people, black, white, yellow, brown, and red, really and honestly coming forth to support her husband's uh, you know, chance to be a president. Of course she would feel proud. And I just wish white America could understand that their America has been very different. Their experience has been very different. And I'm not talking just about rich, poor, and all the other, other things. Black people have to put up with the same, uh, you know, strata of being black, I mean, being rich, poor, and, and educated or not educated, as white people do, except that white people never have to really consider whether their color is going to be accepted or not the way ours is. And so when she said she's proud of America the first time, I was right there with her and could understand exactly what she meant. It was I, not I, that she was ashamed of America. I can, and I don't think that um, I don't think white Americans really really can completely understand the experience of being black. And I, I honestly, I don't think they can. Um, they, they might be able to get a skosh of it, just an idea of what it's uh, right. what it's like. But um, at the same time, I think that there's uh, certainly with uh, the Reverend Wright's comments, and maybe mm-hmm. to a smaller extent, um, it, I, I don't think Michelle Obama's uh, statement by itself would have been the issue that it that it all of it is currently with Reverend Wright's statements too. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that white Americans, most white Americans, the vast majority of them, would simply like to not take color into consideration, but they kind of feel like um, it, it, there's a difference between sort of being proud of being black and then being, you know, against the white people. And I, I, I certainly, well, certainly Reverend Wright sounds like he's, he's, uh, he's straddling that line to where he's so bitter that he doesn't like white people anymore, you know? Well, you know, sometimes, it, but let me explain another thing, too. I, too, have gone to predominantly black churches led by black ministers. Mm-hmm. And there have been many things that any race, I mean, when, you know, when you're, when you're with your own kind, you, you speak differently than when, when you're in a mixed crowd or people or whatever, gotcha. simply because you're sharing the same negative experience. Mm-hmm. And so that minister is going to get up there and say the things that he thinks his congregation uh, is, is experiencing and, and, and doesn't have a voice to say the way he does. Right. And so you sit there and you go to hear the gospel, but part of the gospel means the truth, and part of the truth is we have lived through turbulent times when there has been lots of uh, opportunities or lack of opportunities for black Americans. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, the ministers are going to expound on what makes the crowd go, yes, amen, because it's been a common experience for us that, you know, we've been denied access to a lot of areas. And so when he does that, it doesn't mean that you agree with everything the minister is saying, but there's so many things that he's touching on that most of us as black Americans who have been here for the last 30, 40, 50 years had experience to some degree. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're going to amen those things because we want it to end. We truly want to be in a place where what one black American does does not reflect on the whole society of us. 
Yeah, I, I, hope that, I hope we can be in that place, too, because I think that I would like to see people move on and, and get away from putting people in groups. I mean, the exactly. fact is there aren't rich, there aren't poor, there aren't black, there aren't white. There are only individuals. There's only you and I and what we believe individually and what we do in our own lives. And we should be judged not on the color of our skin or the color of our eyes or the color of our hair or whatever, what day we were born, what year we were born. We should be judged based on what we say and what we do in our lives as individuals. And I just wish more Americans would get that, but I really don't know how far along we are toward that eventuality. I don't know if we're even close. I, I wish I, I would like to think we're closer than we actually are, but uh, you know, yeah, I, you having know, not I being able to interview all 300 million Americans, I can't say for sure. I know you can't, but I just, you know, I don't hear this, what I'm saying, being said. And I just want you to know that, you know, my experience, and, you know, and I, I, I could have walked down that militant side of, of black America, but I chose not to. I want to be someone who is a, and, and represents us as best I can by being someone who's open to teaching other races that I am more like them than I am different. And so I'm not a person who goes out and, and relishes hurtful things being said by, about any race. And there are a whole lot of people like me who are not the face you see hiding under the, the, the coat on, on the newsreel and, and breaking in people's homes and filling up the prisons and everything. Personally, I think any black man that allows himself to be incarcerated is just kind of stupid because if he looks at the prison system and sees that we're way overrepresented in there, there's no way that I would think as a black man I could get away with anything. Yeah. You see what I mean? You've got to, it, it, does, it would appear that you would have to walk a, a straighter line as a black man in this country than a, than a white man to get away with things. Yeah, but, but to be fair, I mean, you're also dealing with racist cops. I mean, when you're dealing with racist cops, you're dealing with institutionalized racism against Absolutely. blacks and Hispanics. Uh, and, you know, these cops are going to target black people just because that's who they are. They, they, just, they just hate. And even if, you, even if you're as clean as a whistle, if you get pulled over by a racist cop and he decides he doesn't like the way you looked at him, he'll plant a bag of marijuana and, uh, you know, in the back of your car and then you're going to jail anyway. So, you know, you can, you can only stay so squeaky clean until they decide they want you for whatever reason. And, uh, again, that also has to do with changing the structure of society and ending government government police and replacing it with some sort of voluntary free market option where people actually hire them for their services instead of being forced to pay for it. Carol, thank you for the call tonight. It's been great hearing from you, and uh, thank you for the input, because there's really only so much we can say as a studio full of uh, white boys. Yeah. 800-259. not going to make me vote for Obama, I can tell you that. 92-30. Well, I'm not voting for any of those guys. They're scum. Obama, Hillary, McCain, all bad news. They all want to control your life, tell you how to live your life. Disgusting people, all of them. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy them, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. 
go and get editing to your heart's content. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head on over to freetalklive.com, and specifically to the wiki, you can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. Let's continue with your phone calls. Talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's I on your mind? I just want to let you know that the trucks will be shut now. They started today. Ooh. What? And the big day, that all the trucks nationally will be shut down. The oh, 20- it's one of those trucker protests. That's cool. Well, what are they my protesting? Son's a trucker. Anyway, you said the, day, uh, the big day is the 24th. What are they protesting this time? Uh, to get the price of the oil down. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, well, I, I hope I it works. Thought, you know, I hope it does, too, but I don't think so. I mean, I've tried to get Jay to bring it down. The president's tried to get him to bring it down. He's doing this for his own pocket. Who's this? Jay Rockefeller. Ah. He's doing this for his own pocket. The family even told me so. Do you have his fax number? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got his fax number, yeah. Excellent. But anyway, the thing is, people need to call. I've already asked them to uh, have him resign. You really think that calling government people is going to bring the price of oil down, Paula? No, is what they're doing. Is they're they're going to be shutting down everything. I mean, they're telling people now to stock up, you know, because we don't know how long this is going to last. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me the truckers are just going to stop trucking? Yeah, yeah. They've already started today. Oh, come on. You and I both know I that's not anything about it's Teamsters. It's already started today. I haven't heard anything about Teamsters strike. Hmm. We're what? going to look into that one, Paula, because well, I don't know if I is, believe you. I'm going to tell you something. Jay's about as sick as the rest of the family is. You're, say, you're saying the truckers are going to starve America until the price of gas goes down? Well, I don't know how long they're going to do it, but, I mean, the thing is, they're trying to make a point, and, I mean, they're trying to make a good point, but, I mean, the people need to call and ask Jay Rockford to be, uh, you know, dismissed from his office and or for him to resign or for them to make him resign. Yeah, he certainly uh, holds all the cars. Well, yeah, he does, and, I mean, he's doing this for his own pocket. As long as they keep this war going on, Paula, you can expect that the price of gas probably isn't going to come down anytime soon. Thanks for the call tonight. Well, I got more. Oh, I know you do, but we've got more callers. Let's talk to Stan in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stan. Hello, how are you doing? Yes, I'd doing just fine. like to say about Kevorkian, I hope you don't uh, elect him in office. All the murdering he's done and all the murdering, murdering. Of, all the the abortions, which is murder, I believe. Yes, and uh, he's done abortions? murdering. I believe only God takes lives. You, hmm. uh, you live, everybody lives their lives. Only God can give and take. Okay, well, before we go into that, um, Jack Kevorkian was an abortion doctor at some point? Yep. Okay, well, I, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yes, in Canada here, he had all kinds in Quebec and uh, Toronto, and yes, all kinds of... Uh, don't you think yes. that God gave me my life, um, and therefore I should get to decide what to do with it, as far as euthanasia, I mean? You, yes, you. Well, I believe, yeah, God gives free choice. Yes, you decide if you want to... Well, I call it murder if you kill yourself, but... Mm-hmm. Well, but, how, how is that can, murder? How can it be murder if, if I'm uh, consenting? I'm consenting to kill well, myself. Well, oh, okay, committing suicide, sorry. Yeah. So you're committing suicide. It's 
to me it's the same so, thing. But no, I don't think I, that's I the same. I just don't think it is. I mean, um, you know, it, me killing you when you don't want me to kill you is uh, is oh, yeah, murder. Yeah, that's murder. Yeah, right. And and me killing myself when I want to die because I'm in so much terrible pain, um, then that's just euthanasia. I mean, I I think that that should be a decision that's left up to me. So I'm confused as to your position here, Stan. Are you saying that euthanasia, that killing oneself, should be illegal and prohibited, or it should be okay for people to do? Illegal. I'm sorry, legal or illegal? God, I, I believe only God takes, gives and takes life. So what, did you, what do you think should happen to someone that attempts to kill themselves? Hmm? Well, what would Jesus do? Death penalty. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah that think for a moment sure. there, Stan. What, what now? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't like it, but they, you know, like I say, you got free choice. God gives us free choice. So well, now, wait a minute. Now, hold on he a second. Said he, he said it should be legal. He no, did that. you say legal no, or illegal? Illegal, yeah. Okay, so, I, so wait. So you're saying that we have free choice, but if we choose the way Stan doesn't want us to choose, then something should happen. What should happen? Well, well the guy doing it, like Kevorkian, and I believe, yeah, jail time. Mm-hmm. But what if you don't what? even? What if you don't bring Kevorkian in? What if you just, you know, dose up on a bunch of aspirin or something? Oh well, then you're just committing suicide. I guess. Well, but yeah, but no, no, I'm saying if you if you live like, through it, yeah, if you live through the suicide. Yeah, then you usually go to a mental institution or something anyway to get evaluated. So. So forced incarceration, then that's okay. No, it's usually only a 72-hour hold in the states. I don't know how they do it in Canada, but you generally attempted you get, suicide is a crime in some places, as I understand. It's rarely prosecuted. Really. Yeah. Okay, well that's good to know. So in a, in the ideal world, uh, Stan, you would you would have us locked up in a in a loony bin if we tried to kill ourselves. No, I wouldn't, because it's your choice. I said the one who's doing it, like Kevorkian. So only the, the doctor, only someone that helps you. Now, yeah. okay, how far will you go with that? What if someone sells me a gun and I blow my brains out? Because the way Kevorkian used to work was he would set up the the, um, the injection. Except for the one time that he went to right. the one time. Set, yeah, he'd set them up. And the person would inject themselves, basically, and kill themselves. So he was not doing the killing. Uh, the, per- the individual was. So, uh, so what if someone sells me a gun and I blow my brains out? Should the person who sold me the gun be responsible and go to jail for that? No, because it was hmm. your choice. You decided to kill yourself. But wait, now how can you put a doctor in jail for giving right. me a gun? If I ask the doctor, it's still my choice. He's got a place of responsibility. He's, uh, that's what I figure. He's got responsibility. No, his responsibility, sir, is to help me do what I want to do. If I want to feel better, his responsibility is to help me feel better. If I want to kill myself, that his responsibility, should he take that job on, is to help me kill myself. So he's just doing his job. Right, but uh, yeah, but that's what I call godless. That's you going against God's law. Well, who are you to say what God's law is, sir? I go by the Bible, and uh, what's that? Uh, and the Bible says every person on earth got to give an account for their life. So and there's all kinds of books out there say all kind of things. Yeah, I know, but I only go by the Bible where it yeah. says. That's what your parents went by, right? I only go by the Bible where it says Jesus. Sure, yeah. Everybody's got to stand in front of Jesus and give an account to God. For their mm-hmm. life, so if you murdered, well, yeah, if you murder, commit abortions and uh, and kill yourself, I don't know. I'm not sure what. You know, there was what, 
there was convening among the early church to decide which uh, which books would make it in the Bible and which books um, wouldn't make it in the Bible. So there's all kinds of stuff out there, um, you know, old old Torah books and uh, different gospels that didn't make it into the Bible. Do you think that those are the inspired word of God, or do you think that uh, that only the um, that one group of men that got together and decided what books were going to go in the Bible and not go in the Bible, you think they're the only ones that were inspired by God? I believe they're... The, the Bible, the way it is now, is inspired by God. It was God inspired holy men to speak as they were told. So yes, it's God inspired these books to be the ones in the Bible now. I don't believe the Judas and all that occult crap. Well, but, ever... but, but why? I mean, why do you th- why do you think that Bible is the Word of God and these other Gospels, which are still around? I mean, what well, my mama told me. It, it, but you know, I mean, if 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 they're still around, if the fact that they still exist gives them validity, those books still exist. You can go to the bookstore and buy them. Um, I you know I've read the Gospel of Mary and the Gospel of James. Mark, and... why are you being so mean to Stan? I'm not being I mean, mean. He's, I'm, I'm he's asking been told something by his about the Bible. It was your parents, right, Stan? Your parents for what? That's why you believe the Bible thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. And myself, <laughs> there you go. Of course, well, but that's yeah. what you believe, Stan. There's other people out there that believe different things, and and we can't. Well, they're enforce, going to hell, Mark. We can't enforce our opinion on They'll them. They'll burn fire and brimstone. Well, that's okay. I think. If, <laughs> I, I think no. it's okay to say that. I mean, if you're a Christian and you believe suicides go to hell, I'm fine with that. But if you believe people will be accountable to. Jesus, Jesus right. right. Got everybody, whoever's lived, got to give an account to Jesus. But shouldn't we life. be shouldn't we be accountable to God and not to the government? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Nice to nice to hear from you, Stan. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We've raked him over the coals enough, poor guy. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. This is your show, Doug, Dave, Amp Lines, all lit up. We'll talk to you about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. If you're showing you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You, you like the show? You want to help us out? Well, buy some stuff at our store. Go to store.freetalklive.com. We've got great Free Talk Live branded merchandise there. Everything from T-shirts to hats to hoodies and uh, various different sizes and, uh, and also colors. Uh, different options, too, for the hats, by the way. We've got, uh, we've got the kind of the wintry beanie-style caps. We've got the summer-style baseball-ish hats in, uh, again, different colors and all the stuff you need there at store.freetalklive.com. Load up your shopping cart. Store.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll talk to Doug in Minnesota. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, hey guys. It's cracking up when I heard you mentioning uh, the guy called about the mystery method of picking up chicks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, one of uh, those. He, what you're referring to is someone who called last week uh, with this. Been the week, it was the week before last. Whenever it was. Uh, he called up talking about some seminar that you could pay $2,000 or several thousand dollars and go and get some tips and tricks on how to meet women in bars or pick pick up chicks in general. Yeah, exactly. And I got to laugh because I, I did some of that stuff. And how to go? I didn't pay anywhere near two thousand dollars or seven thousand. I paid nothing almost and just read free newsletters from a guy named David D'Angelo. But I did it and I learned things and I tried things and it worked and I got a wife out of the deal. Well, there you go. Wow. Now, where did you meet the wife? 
I met the wife at work, but I started immediately applying the new ideas that I learned, which are counter to what your mother teaches you, which is to be nice, open the doors, buy dinner. What I did instead and what they teach is to be slightly mean, be a little insulting, but smile when you do it. You know, <laughs> you, and this is so counterintuitive, but when you think about it, it works. You know, what makes Julia laugh probably is when you tease her and poke fun at her and call her, you know, maybe not names, but kind of make fun of something, but you're just joking about it. I don't know about that. Well, I well, I, 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 I have seen more than, on more than one occasion, I have uh, been kind to a woman and uh, things have turned around. Bam. Immediately in the relationship. Now, I'm not saying... Meaning negatively? They've negatively. Gone yeah, like it's gone. It, it, poof. It disappears. Like, no, this is not the guy for me. Too nice. Um, and, you know, I've also seen that it doesn't, uh, you know, that, that, that not happen, too. I got my wife by being nice, and I've got a relationship that I really like out of the deal, so... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty nice to uh, to my lady, and I think it might have worked a little differently because she pursued me. Uh, it didn't work where I was going out after her. She kind of came my direction, so that might be right. a different women, factor. Women, they like what they can't have, and um, this is especially true for attractive attractive women who get complimented constantly. And thirty times a day, they're being hit on, or at least looked at, or eye contact. And this is always, you know, this is all positive stuff for the women. But the, every single guy does the same thing. Wow, you're pretty. Oh, I'm so intimidated by you. And, and uh, I don't suppose a guy like you and, or a girl like you and a guy like me could ever hook up. So to, to differentiate yourself, what these courses teach is you've got to be a little totally different, which is, you know, and I've done something like, for example, this. A cute girl sit down next to me and I say to her, oh, I'm sorry, this chair is reserved for attractive women. Oh. <laughs> and they just laugh hilariously, because no one says this to them. Hmm. Nobody does. I'm smiling when I say it. I'm totally joking with them. But I never would have thought to do it this way, and it led to fantastic success, and and I just got to say it's great. I didn't pay hardly anything. I just read a bunch of free newsletters. There you go. So wait, where? how did you get your hands on the newsletters? Just went to you know, do any research on the Mystery Method or the book The Game or David D'Angelo, who I really like, because he teaches stuff like attraction is not a choice especially with women and men, too. You know, you, you can't choose who you're attracted to. You just are. Mm. Right. And you can trigger these attractions in women if you do the right things, and it's usually counterintuitive to what your mother taught you. Very interesting. These things, yeah, it's very interesting, and, and, you know, it's good conversation starters, not pickup lines, conversation starters. I've had women who are walking away from me fast because here I was another guy coming after them, and I said one conversation starter and they slow down to say oh interesting you want to hear what it is yeah yeah what is it? yeah here it is it is who lies more men or women and all of a sudden oh well and there's a whole conversation it's not a line is a con but you've got to learn the confidence of walking up to people and doing this stuff so do you still play with it even though you're married doug do you still kind of uh test it out um, slightly. I uh, do a little bit, um, yeah. especially with my wife, because it keeps her on her toes. It keeps her thinking that, well, not with my wife so much. Things change after you get married. Yes, but they do. The, the idea is to make women think that you don't need them or want them, and all of a sudden, they're intrigued and want you. Ah, see, that part I don't have a problem with. Uh, and Hey, great call tonight, Doug. Thank you very right. much. Because you don't care if they want you or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't care. I really well, enjoy the attention. I and I let him. I let Julia know that I enjoy attention from her very much. 
Uh, but if she was to go somewhere else, you know, then I'd be sad. Uh, but you know, it wouldn't be the end of my world. Well, I, yeah, I I don't feel uh, like you know I can really give a whole bunch of advice. I've been out of the game for a while, and yeah. uh, when I you tried to get back in, you didn't do so well. I mainly re- uh, well, I, I did okay. <laughs> I didn't didn't tell you all my exploits because you're oh, a big gossip monger. <laughs> <laughs> You'd come on the air and talk about it. Um, the uh, I, I mainly relied on building uh, on the build your own man hobby kit uh, idea. You know, I mean, I've built myself. I don't know what that is. I've built myself into an attractive uh, package. Yeah. You know, and have something they want, right? And that's how that's always worked for me. So well, right, because an attractive uh, lady can, as you were, as you've said many a time, walk down the street, knock on some doors, and mm. find someone to sleep with them. Um, so it's not difficult for them. Nope. So if you want to um, set yourself apart, then that's something you might want to work on. Instead of spending all of your time looking for a woman or going out to bars, spending all your money and your time and effort uh, sort of on the hunt, maybe you should spend a little bit more time and effort on you and making yourself a more attractive mate. Just Now, that's for people in a younger world, people who but are just coming But I think you still have to get world. out there trying all the time, too, because, uh, you know, a lot of guys will, will shoot themselves down with, oh, well, no woman will want me because I'm too poor. Fill in I'm the blank, not yeah. Big, I'm not muscular enough or, or whatever, uh, you know, the, the thing is that they, they believe that they need to improve themselves on. And... You know, you've, you've got to be out there swinging all the time, and everybody strikes out nine times out of ten, as the uh, country song goes. Nick, uh, sort of the younger member of the crew here, how uh, how is your life with the ladies at the moment? Don't have much of one at the moment. Yeah. Well, Why is that? Um, Working on yourself? Yeah, I've mostly been working. haven't really taken a lot of time to... I mean, Nick here is a uh, budding realtor in the area, in, Keene, New Ham- in the Keene area of New Hampshire, and you're relatively new at the realty game, uh, but over time, you'll bring more clients in, you'll get more sales going, you'll start driving around one of those flashy cars that the uh, the realtors like to drive around. So, you know, if you drive the flashy car, everyone knows you're a successful uh, realtor, right? Doesn't I, hurt. I don't... The flashy car probably won't hurt. I, In my experience, of, from what I've observed, women don't necessarily fall into bed with you because you're a rich guy. There are plenty of, of hard-working rich guys who are very successful by every other yardstick mm-hmm. who just aren't good with women. So, And there are some there are some relatively unsuccessful men who have seem to have fairly attractive and compatible... This is true. Conversation um, skills yeah, do matter. So, yeah, I think... But if you can have them both... If you have them both, it, it doesn't hurt. But I, I really... <laughs> that I would really, make you a playboy. Yeah. I really think what you're looking at is conversation skills, people skills... Just connecting with people. If you have the social skills and you don't have the money, you've got a shot. If you've got the money and you don't have the social skills, you better have a lot of money. And I think that uh, what Doug was talking about and what uh, some of the other callers had talked about in the past, all very important, about approaching women and getting that foot in the door and and opening up a conversation. But then you really need to get into the world of just understanding how to have conversations with people in general, not just women, but just conversing and the art of uh, conversation, the art of listening, and I think that uh, what is it? One of the is it is it a sales adage, Mark, that you should be talking no more than forty percent of the conversation? I haven't heard that. Um, no, I, I haven't heard that. Uh, you early... should not be talking the majority of the conversation. You should be asking questions and listening mostly, and uh, having the other person talk about themselves. Whether you know whether this applies to anybody, if you're a woman or a man, whoever it is you're talking to, if you're interested in that person and really are interested in uh, getting closer to them and knowing more about them, don't tell them about you. Ask them about them. 
Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, conversations about you can be boring to most people. You know, what, what does it matter to them? Exactly. Now, if they ask you a question about you, then you do have an opportunity to answer it. But make sure you don't go on this rambling tirade on whatever, you know, whatever the subject is that goes way too long. You should probably keep your answers as succinct as possible. Try mentally to remember, remember these things, to be as succinct as possible, and then roll, that, roll your answer back into another question for them. Of course, you also don't want it to come off as being 20 questions and it being like the interrogation room or something. Yeah. So it's, it's a balancing act. Uh, but anyway, more on the way. You can take control. 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour number two is on the way. Still to come, a story relating to the very first topic we opened the show up with, and that's euthanasia. It's Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there you'll find for free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free, so enjoy it at freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone call. The purpose of the show is to take your calls about what you want to talk about. Let's talk first to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. Wanted hey. to give you an update uh, on the Russell Canning arrest situation in New Hampshire. Yes. Canning, of course, is a free stater activist and was arrested in Keene yesterday. Yes, anyone who uh, listened actually within the last week of the show has actually heard Russell on the program. Mark had him in as a uh, co-host on, uh, was it Friday night show, Mark? Yeah, uh, it was Friday, it was Friday yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Russell uh, Canning, super activist, civil disobedience superstar here in New Hampshire, has been arrested a number of times for civil disobedience. This particular case wasn't a civil disobedience act. He was actually at a courthouse to show support for another Free State Project member who was on trial for uh, a registration violation. And that's when the, pro- the county prosecutor spotted him, recognized him, and then ordered the state police to have him arrested on so-called non-payment of child support charges yeah and today i had a chance to call over to the jail and i just thought well i'll just go ahead and ask for the superintendent mm-hmm. and he answered the phone and he let me interview him for the really report wow cool so uh and what was kind of soothing about this whole situation was this guy's a member of law enforcement against prohibition that's right and he was very quick to say that he's concerned about kinds of different you know nonviolent offenders in his jail and that could include, um, you know, people on on child support charges like Russell. What what time did you call him, Dave? By the way, I beg your pardon. What what time did you called him today? You said it must have been about noon. Oh, okay. Well, Free Minds TV, uh, which is the TV show Toby and I do for those listeners who don't know, um, we actually did an interview with him for a good half hour, forty minutes at about ten o'clock in the morning <laughs> uh, about about the decrim measures and about. Um, the problem with incarcerating uh, people for victimless crimes. Um, so we actually we were speaking to him about that. I was unaware that Russell had been arrested. I'm not always in the loop. It was um, yesterday. I mean, it's pretty fresh. Right. Yeah. So 
I was unaware that Russell was even there, but um, we actually were interviewing the superintendent of the jail today, too. So will that, that might be on be, your show this week, Nick, um, that uh, video? It, it will. We had a lot of content, and we weren't sure whether we were going to spread it out over two shows. It sound, I think we're leaning towards just doing it all at all at once. Well, whether um, it's this week or next week, you'll be able yeah. to catch it at freeminds.tv.com. And uh, Dave, your uh, your your YouTube channel is uh, ridleyreport.com. You do these wonderful little pieces on uh, sort of news packages, teeny little news packages on different things happening here in New Hampshire. And so you're following the Russell Cannon case very closely. And I actually saw the uh, the clip you're talking about where you interviewed the superintendent of that jail, and he sounded very you know positive towards getting nonviolent offenders out of his prison. But I don't think that means he's going to go and let Russell out tonight. Right. So what he'll do, and I'll air the full interview uh, probably in the next day or two, uh, but what we indicated was, you know, what they try to do if they've got someone in there, they're not comfortable having them in there. Sometimes they'll just call, you know, the court and say, hey, they're still here. You know, they won't really advocate getting them out, but they'll just sort of, you know, speed the process along within the system as best they can. And that's one reason why I've kind of stopped asking bureaucrats to quit their jobs, you know, if I think they're pretty decent. You know, because, you know, from a position like that, you can you know, within the system, probably do a few good things. I would be, you know, heartbroken if this guy were not the superintendent anymore. There um, could be someone so, much worse in there, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. I also wanted to mention on a totally separate issue, uh, marijuana decriminalization passed the New Hampshire House today. I was shocked uh, and pleased. Now it, it moves on to the Senate. And, of course, uh, Dennis at uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance happened to call in right at the top of the show and clue okay. us in there. By the way, Dave, here's a tip for you and anybody that wants to see. We talked yesterday about the wonderful success. Uh, it was a, kind of a, a double-edged sword yesterday. We had a great success in court, and we had a tragedy when Russell got arrested. Uh, but the success was that David Krause, one of the activists here in the area, was uh, driving without, a regist- without registration. His car's registration had expired last year, and he never bothered to renew it. He, uh, he told the judge that he wasn't going to pay. He's involved in civil disobedience. Uh, he wants to increase their costs for enforcement. That was his purpose. And the judge let him off with a suspended fine, which means he doesn't have to pay a darn thing. He was able to walk out of the courtroom. It was an amazing success. Uh, I have I have posted a, uh, a small documentary of uh, of the day's events. Uh, it's going to be up at freekeen.com tonight. It's already on the Freekeen YouTube channel right now. So uh, YouTube Freekeen, and you can find that. So there's some footage there you might find useful. Yeah, Lauren Canary was also filming her video up. When, her video went up, I think either this morning or last night. Um, and uh, so I'm waiting to see yours because I could see you in that video. I knew you probably got some good tape. And yeah, we're going to actually, students, I've got so the, uh, you'll do well. I'm working on one of Russell's arrests, because Lauren and I were both there when Russell got arrested, too, so we got it from two different angles, and uh, I'm working on that one, where you'll see how unreceptive the bureaucrats were to qu- just simple questions about where Russell's, uh, wh- where they were taking him. They did not want to tell us uh, where they were taking our friend, and it was kind of scary, you know, the idea that they just arrested your friend in front of you, you think that this is suppo- they're supposed to be public servants, you'd think they could just tell you where they're going to take him, but they do everything they c- they did everything they could to, uh, to conceal that information. And uh, boy, they they sure don't like cameras, do they, Dave? No, but that's a, that's a great thing for you to focus on in your video because that's a black hole in my in my stories that I did, and I don't think Lauren covered that either. So you'll be filling a niche there. But I've got I've got all three stories. I've got stories on all uh, three Russell videos plus a video on the decrim thing and a video on David. 
uh, Krause's situation. So if you want to see what the latest the is here, if you want uh, to see the latest here in New Hampshire in video format, go to RidleyReport.com. And Dave, thank you for the call tonight and the update. We appreciate it. Uh, he's kind of Dave Ridley is a trained newsman. Yeah. I mean, he has worked in the the newsrooms, some of the biggest stations. Uh, as a professional, and now he's taking his expertise and applying it here in New Hampshire. He's a member of the Free State Project, has been here for a number of years, and this new Ridley Report thing that he's been doing for the past, what has it been, like six months now? Seems like a little while. Sheer genius. Has been a wonderful thing because it's really a window into the world of activism here in New Hampshire. It's, it's of course, great to hear about what's happening on Free Talk Live, uh, but that video footage of, actu- of actually seeing it go down, of seeing the cops click the handcuffs onto Russell Canning uh, yesterday, you can actually see that uh, to, probably very soon at FreeKeen.com. Likely, likely anyone in any, any state or uh, in Canada, any province, uh, could could do this if they could get pro-Liberty News every day, because the Ridley Report comes out daily. Uh, daily it's daily now. Double daily. It started you know, every other day, and now it's daily, for sure. But uh, I, I just don't think you can get the news level the way you can in uh, New nope. Hampshire. You need a team of people spread out over a large area, because there's just not the activists right. concentrated. So you might be able to do it in the whole state of California, but you might need 20 people, and then you have to collaborate, the other cool thing and that about, makes it difficult. about New Hampshire is... Um, you know, it's about an hour's drive to wherever it is that you need to go. Um, I don't know where Dave lives, but he may or may very well live in Concord. Kind of moves around. Uh, Manchester, uh, Keene. There's the seacoast. So you're pretty much an hour from everything. That's the bottom third of the state, but that's where two-thirds of the population lives, and there's just not much liberty-wise going on above, uh, you know, too far north of Concord. <laughs> there's not much going on anything-wise. Right. <laughs> One of the cool things about Dave and what he's doing is not only is he doing great news reporting, uh, and it's very valuable for people that are outside watching and, and waiting and you know just sort of sitting on the fence saying, do I really want to join this Free State Project thing? One of those Ridley reports or something you might see at freemindstv.com or at freekeen.com, that could really push somebody over the edge. And so what's great about what Dave is doing is he's duplicating himself because he can't be everywhere. There's a lot going on, and only he can cover so much of it. So, for instance, yesterday, when Russell was arrested, you guys weren't there. Uh, Free Minds TV was not on the scene, but I was there with my camera. Lauren was there, who actually is part of your crew at Free Minds TV. Uh, she was there with her own camera. So we actually had two cameras on the scene yeah. going, recording the situation, which, I mean, you, you just don't you get that. You tell the police were nervous as hell because of those cameras, too. Really? Yeah. You could, couldn't you see them? The, you know, they well, were, I was more focused on getting my shots right rather than you know what they were. Seemed to me their now, demeanors were. No, I haven't seen the video. When they arrested Russell, Russell, did they tell him why he was being arrested? They, Non-payment of child support. But did they announce that to him when they slapped the cuffs on him? Yes, he, just okay. before they put the cuffs on. Okay. Because well, it sounded like they just didn't say why. They just arrested him. No, they said why. And then they uh, took him off to some secret exit. Uh, and then I uh, managed to find them again in the uh, the next court building across the street and uh, asked one of the cop a question about where he was. She refused to answer. Uh, and then, well, you'll see the video. I'll, I'll let you know when I put it online. I'm in the middle of working on it now. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features we give away. Enjoy them on us, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
Are you thinking about starting a business? Well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. You can use code FTL and save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231. By the way, uh, we were talking about YouTube channels a moment ago, and there's some good ones out there. Of course, RidleyReport.com is a good one. That's I think it's YouTube slash Ridley Report. And then there's our YouTube channel, which is, uh, it's not really Free Talk Lives. It's kind of the uh, the liberty activism here in Keene. It's uh, YouTube slash Free Keene is where you can actually see the videos that I edit occasionally. I'm in the middle of editing one. I uploaded one today. Uh, And also... Free Minds TV posts their videos at Free Keen, which is uh, mighty convenient. So oh, yeah. it, it, we want it to get out through as many channels as possible. So yes, we're we not need, stingy. We need more subscribers though, because Dave Ridley has twice the subscribers that we do. So he's been very successful in building that up pretty quickly. Well, he should, because he, you know, he's really putting more content out there. Oh, than, he does. Than yes. we are. I mean, it's really his. He does it every day, almost. It our, seems or every other day. So right, and our content tends to be a little more long form. You know, Free Minds TV is a half an hour once a week, so when it posts, it's fairly lengthy. Uh, versus, and even my, even my shorts are usually around five minutes, which most Ridley Ridley reports are under five minutes long. Mm, I'd say five minutes is about it. You think? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, go to uh, go to the Free Keen YouTube channel and uh, check out the content if you like it. Subscribe, because that would be awesome. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Quick story about euthanasia. We started this uh, the show off with this topic just by chance, and I happen to have this story sitting in my, uh, my prep box. A French court has rejected, this according to News.com in Australia, has rejected a request from a 52-year-old severely disfigured former school teacher for the right to die in a case that has stirred much emotion in France. The high court in Dijon, eastern France, decided to side with the prosecution, which argued current legislation does not allow Chantelle Seabreeze's doctor to prescribe lethal drugs. In her appeal to the court, Ms. Seabreeze said she didn't want to endure further pain and subject herself to an irreversible worsening of her condition. She asked the court to allow her doctor to help her end her life. A mother of three who lives in the Bourgeon region of eastern France, Ms. Seabra drew a strong outpour of sympathy when she appealed in a television interview last month for the right to depart peacefully. Before and after pictures of the woman, her face severely deformed. And boy, that's that's an un, that's maybe an understatement. I mean, this is you you guys have both seen the picture. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's horrible. The, I mean, her it's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Her eye. I, I'm going to try to describe this, but of course we always post our stories on the Free Talk Live uh, BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com so you can see it for yourself. She, her eye, one of her eyes is three to four times larger than it should be. It is just so swollen, it's red, like blood red. It's There's a reason it's blood red. Yeah, it's it looks like it's about to pop out of her skull. That would be the reason. And the rest of her face is also pretty deformed and, and mangled. Uh, she's got some sort of skin condition. Uh, it's just horrific. And the French government has said, no, nah, you're going to stick around. Because, uh, well, that's the law, lady. Yep. And this is a nation of laws. Anyway, before and after pictures have uh, been featured in the press, and her account of frightened children who run away at the sight of her has drawn sympathy. Miss Sieber learned in 2002 she had developed and 
S oh boy, esthesian neuroblastoma, an uncommon malignant tumor in the nasal cavity, which she said has led to atrocious suffering. She said, in 2000, I lost the sense of smell and taste, and I lost my sight in October of 2007, she said in a TV interview. One would not allow an animal to go through what I have endured, she said before urging President Nicolas Sarkozy to intervene and grant her request. Commenting on the case, the judge said last week, doctors were there were not there to prescribe lethal drugs. Legislation adopted in 2005 allows families to request life support equipment for a terminally ill patient be switched off, but that doesn't allow a doctor to take action to end a patient's life. The president asked his chief advisor to contact Ms. Sieber and, and seek a second opinion on her condition. She, uh, she has said she will not appeal the decision rendered today, and she would find life-terminating drugs through other means. She says, I now know how to get my hands on what I need, and if I don't get it in France, I'll get it elsewhere. So she's just basically saying, whatever, I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, you know, go through the black market, travel to another country, do what I need to do to end my life. But she's in constant pain as a result of this. I can totally understand how she feels. I mean, it's uh, it, it, she, she looks like she's in awful pain. And for somebody to, you know, just to say that, uh, no, you can't kill yourself because it's just wrong. It's against the law or whatever. Uh, it it you know, it's obvious they've never had a family member who's been in that circumstance. Well, I love people her. don't kill themselves just no. willy nilly. Well, doctors don't kill people. No, there. I mean, there are some people who kill themselves out of despair, or out of depression. That most of us would argue probably it would have been a better idea if they hadn't done it. I mean, some people will kill themselves over short-term things. But but those people are going to kill themselves anyway. Oh, well, this there's already is, laws against it, and they still kill suicide. Right. <laughs> Those people that really want to just die, they've already killed themselves off before they go through a court case to try to do it more peacefully. I think her point is particularly uh, relevant about the dogs. Your pet, your family pet, if it comes down with some malignant tumor that's deforming its head, then you don't have to go to some government agency and ask permission to put little little fluffy down. You know the dog's in pain. You know the dog's suffering. You take it to the vet, and, you know, the job is done in a matter of hours. That's the humane thing to do. So why is it that dogs and cats get treated more humanely than our fellow man? I mean, this is a sickness, and it really goes back to the point... Because laws aren't humane. ...that people... Well, yeah, you're right, and government isn't humane. But the purpose of government, if you look at state constitutions, I know it's here in New Hampshire's constitutions, also uh, somewhere, I think, in the uh, the federal one. But if you look at the uh, the alleged purpose of these governments that we have, they're supposed to protect individual rights. Supposed to protect your life and liberty. Well, if it's my life, I should be able to decide what to do with it. If I want to throw it away, then I should be free to do so. You know, as long as I don't blow my brains out and splatter blood everywhere and, you know, make it so someone has to clean it up. Or, or kill yourself in a manner that hurts someone. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just asinine to suggest that the government's here to keep you safe or, to, to, you know, to protect your life and liberty. But then when you want to take some liberty with your life, the government says, oh, no, you can't do that. To be fair, uh, the New Hampshire Constitution actually does have a clause written in it about suicides. Does it really? Yeah. And, and what does it say? Uh, they can't suspend inheritance rights, which they do in some states. If you kill yourself, you can't. The state will seize your property, and that's supposed to be a deterrent. So while it is illegal, um, they really can't punish you in the ways that some states do. So that, and it, at the time it was written, that was fairly progressive because it it was one of the earlier ones. 
But that's in there. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Another prohibition. We'll talk about it in a moment here. It's the smoking ban in Minnesota. Give you an update on what some bar owners are doing there. And we'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about if you dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy them on us. Uh, Those features, by the way, include live streams. So you can grab a broadband version or a dial-up version. Two flavors will fit virtually any Internet connection, and they are for free at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. Attention, libertarians! This summer, the Institute for Humane Studies will be holding 14 seminars on liberty and libertarian thought at locations across the country. If you're a college student or recent graduate and interested in thoughtful discussion and challenging lectures, we want you to attend. Participation is free. I mean, you can't beat that price. Right, and it's all over, uh, and I, I really think that this is a great idea for uh, libertarians of college age. Um, and I think they'll truly enjoy it and get to meet uh, you know, p- people that... that networking. Spirits. Yeah, networking is good stuff. Apply by March 31st. Find out more at LibertarianSeminars.com. You think there'll be some hot Libertarian girls there? There's a good chance. There seem to be more and more hot Libertarian girls every single day. It's It, it does seem to be the case. LibertarianSeminars.com. 800-259-9231. We go to the phones to Joe in Athens, Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Joe. Joe. Hi. Hey. Hey. Okay, you guys are you're, you're sitting in New Hampshire, but you're all over the map tonight. Okay. okay. Yes, we are. Uh, okay, so I'll try to be quick with my first few comments, and then maybe throw in a few at the end, and I'd like to listen to some of your responses. Okay. But on race, you know, when I first tuned in, you were, you were talking about race. I graduated from a high school that was over 90% black folks, mm-hmm. and I was a victim of racial prejudice because I was white, and that gave me a good perspective. But what I learned is that white is an attitude. What does that mean? White is an attitude. I'm not white. I'm not, just like I'm not right wing or left wing, I am not white. I'm I'm not high class or low class, I'm not rich or poor, I'm day class say. And I think that kind of dovetails into what you guys are I'd agree. Saying. You know, um, I, I, I see where you're coming from, and that you can uh, you can span these uh, these classes by, you know, not allying yourself with one particular one. Exactly. Yes, I am me. I'm an individual. Right. I like that viewpoint. Um, I will disagree. I mean, if you're white, you are white. If you if you have intercourse with another white person, you're going to have a black child. No. I mean, race is one of those groupings that you can. I can understand yeah, trying it, to distance yourself from. Ethnicity truly is, to some extent, it is arbitrary. It For is. instance, my best friend Julian Lockhart. I call him black on the show because I choose to do so because it makes me look like I'm I'm a multinational kind of guy. <laughs> but in fact, you know, I, I've never seen him hang out with another black guy. Um, he's really light skinned and has freckles. Um, so you know, I mean, it, he's just married a white girl. Their kid is likely to be as pale as I am. I mean, right. what, what's but that child? He's of African origin. I mean, can't ju- escape no, that. Once again, race is a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. 
it's a wedge issue. It's let's you and he fight rather than let's all work together and deal with what we have to deal with. Yep. Yeah, the real division in this world, the real division, the, the one that they would like to divert your attention from, is the division between those who believe in voluntary interaction and those who believe in coercive interaction. That's the difference. I, hold that thought. Hold that thought, because I was going to try to do... I, I wanted to mention Ron Paul also. Okay. I'm a Ron Paul fan. Excellent. I've got Ron Paul yard signs. I've been pushing for Ron Paul for more than a year and a half. But when it, I'm from Ohio, and when it came time to vote, I did not switch my. I'm on. I'm a registered independent, mm. so and I voted switched. Democrat because I wanted to vote. There was important local races, mm-hmm. and Ron Paul, to me, seems like he's uh, the Howard Dean of the Republican Party. In he other words, make it. Is what you're thinking. Now not going to make it. I think the po- the way that it works is the powers that be came to him and said, look, you want to hold your seat in Congress or we'll kill you or whatever. Right. Oh, I don't know. So they, well, I, think they, that, well, I don't know about that exactly, but I'm just saying. I think your one, vote prob- uh, your one vote probably wouldn't have mattered in that particular instance. And also, I think that there's going to be 11th hour surprise from the Ron Paul campaign. And I, I, they're planning it, at least. What do you know I, that I don't, Mark? What's nothing I'm willing to tell. No, really, because what I heard is that he wanted to hang on to his... I mean, I went to meetings and stuff. What I heard is he needs to hang on to his house seat. Well, he did. He won. He won his uh, his house seat. That, that race is over. 70%, just like Dennis Kucinich did yeah. after he dropped out of it, you know, and... Well, okay. but he'd been receiving 70% for years. He placed basically where he had been for in previous elections. He He's always shown... It was consistent. Around, he, it was consistent. He usually shows about about in that range. But he raised a lot of money, and I didn't see much of it spent here in Ohio. Well, or I, anywhere else. I, I don't know about where the money was spent. Okay. I mean, has it all even been spent yet? I, that's something we don't know either. He may have a few million still sitting there. I'm not saying I'm against Ron Paul. I'm just against this, and I think you guys are as well, the two-party system, and you said something earlier, some of you all did, all three of our main three contenders, I don't know who to vote for. Yeah, don't bother. I mean, I'm tempted to vote for Nader if I have to. Oh, there'll be a libertarian candidate. And he really makes me upset. Well, there's always a libertarian candidate in the race, Joe. I mean, you can always vote for whoever's got the Libertarian Party, uh, you know, uh, signature next to their or, name. I mean, some Ron Paul supporters are more Constitution Party people, but I, I prefer the Libertarian Party. But one of those the, is the, usually... the Libertarian Party has certainly lost its way, but they still have more principle than the Constitution well, Party Well, the Constitution Party never had that hardcore of principle I to pre- begin with. I prefer the Constitution, but I feel like we've gotten so far away from it, we need people like Ron Paul to really stand up and get out front. Yeah, I'd prefer and secession. Done that. Joe, um, final thoughts. Okay, final thoughts. Yeah. I was going to bring up. See, that was my. Oh, well, I'll be really quick then. Yes. We're talking about wives and stuff. That was my beautiful blonde wife mad at me for staying on hold for 45 minutes. What? <laughs> no, no, no. Serious. Financial news. Okay. You guys talk about a free market. I personally do believe in the idea of a free market, but sure. I don't think. Free market's free. And when you look at what Fed is doing, 
Federal Reserve banks. Well, well hold on. Slow this down. News, if there's a Fed, Joe, Joe. Let me finish, and I will take All my right. comments off the air. All right. I really want to hear what you guys have to say about this. Is they're devaluing the dollar. Yes. The Fed, you know, lowered interest rates again. Mm. We're going to have hyperinflation. I mean, we're kind of in for a world of hurt, and I'm working on my garden. And... But I agree with the ideal of a free market. I just don't really believe it's free. I think it's the Bears and Stearns and the Rothschilds or the Chases and the... We have a Rock- response for you, Joe. Thank and you for the call I, I, tonight. Okay. Appreciate, we agree. Essentially, uh, um, it, well, you know, no, we don't agree on. I don't agree on his uh, his definition of a free market. Uh, well, the free market is the absence told of government that, today, that, that we're currently in a free market. And many right. people and who call themselves free marketeers are proponents of the Federal Reserve. You'll hear business people who call themselves free market. They really? talk a lot about the Fed. Oh yeah. I mean, well, sorry to say that uh, as long as government exists. You can't have a coercive government, at least. You cannot have a free market. If there's a central bank, the Federal Reserve, there is no free market. So the free market exists in the absence of government regulation. As soon as government steps in to pass a law that regulates the monetary system or pass a law that regulates some business, you no longer have a free market. And so we're so far away today from a free market, we've got a lot of work to do if we're even going to get close to one in our lifetime. If the government were just coining money, I know... In your world, there's still a government, so that's that's not a, a free market society in the way you use the term. But if you simply have the government coining the money as it's bound to do with an agreed-upon standard gold and silver, and assuming they allow people to trade in other things um, if they want to, you pretty much have a free market in money. And that's probably one of the most important things you can have is to not have the government yeah, the in control of the value of the money. You can't trust them. Um, th- this, this is what happened. Uh, you know, um, Andrew Jackson managed to get us back on a gold standard. He tried very hard. He was convinced that the bankers were trying to kill him, okay? And I'm not 100% <laughs> sure that they weren't, all right? He was convinced they were trying to kill him. He got us back on a um, gold standard. And what did they do within a few decades? They went back it was to about a beyond a, it was about 100 you years. you trust the government. It was I, I to go back was, until 1970. We had Floating gold oh, come backing. on. That wasn't gold backing. 1913 was the last time we had truly... True gold backing. Uh, it was 100 years. <laughs> <Value> <laughs> <that> <laughs> currency. He bought us a century. More on the way. You take control. Now it's all in the pot, so it doesn't matter. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy them, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 2,000 of our listeners. Over 340,000 posts await you. Lots to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You can find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, then become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get involved with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is very simple, and that is that you send in 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, turn it back around, reinvest it into the show, and thereby get on more radio stations from coast to coast, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. So get on board, get some perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room forum, AMP-only shrine of email listeners, and more. All there at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go continue with the phone calls and talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Hello, Gene. Uh, hi. hi there, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Dr. Death. Yes? I want to talk about Dr. Death. Okay. Because you guys were talking about him earlier. By all means. And uh, 
I have a different take than uh, my my friend who called earlier, whoever he is. I don't know, but uh, you mean the I other Christian believe... guy? Yeah, that guy. The guy who um, said it should be illegal and that Jesus doesn't like it when right. people kill themselves. Right, and it, I think it's kind of a stretch because all the Bible says is you shall do no murder. Now, it's debatable if you're murdering yourself, if you commit suicide. I don't know. That's kind of... I don't see how you, you know, can even debate it. I mean, it seems to me that murder implicitly includes the lack of consent. I would think that it should, yeah. So, it's some people would accept that term and say that it is murder, but I don't accept that term, and I don't see anything in the Bible that specifically says you can't kill yourself. Hmm. So, uh, I don't take that point of view, but to go another route is uh, I think it's actually a sin the way we keep people alive today. When God is trying to call them home and Mm. we're taking extra special measures to keep them alive way past the date when they would have passed away, and generally we're causing them more pain and suffering yeah. through the intrusive methods that is used to keep these people alive. Yeah, I have to be in- with you. I mean, I'm with you on that. I don't know if it's a sin or whatever. I'm not a religious guy, but I also agree that it is pretty sick when you've got somebody that is uh, in the process of dying and you're stretching that out simply so you know some family members can, I don't know, feel good about themselves. I'm not really sure what the reason is. feel like they tried. Yeah, I, it's disturbing. I mean, if somebody's terminally ill or if somebody's really, really sick and, and they're on the way out the door... Why would you want them to stick around any longer? I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Gene. It's time to go. And it's it's also, you know, you have to consider the cost involved. Now, people say, oh, that's cold-hearted. You're putting a cost on life. Well, quite frankly, there is a cost on life. Now, let's say that you're suffering from some fatal disease, and the medical technology exists to keep you alive for one week. But that medical technology costs uh, the the entire equal to the national debt of the country. <laughs> now, do you think that you should be kept alive for one week at the cost of the national debt of the country? Of course not. Most people are going to say that's absurd. But So all you're talking about uh, is the difference between all the money in the world and, uh, you know, $100,000, $200,000. Right, you're talking about where million. does each individual draw the line on the, on the cost for themselves. Right, and I draw the line at where the family can no longer afford to pay it. Yep. If the family can't afford to pay it, then I'm sorry, you don't have a right to medical care. Medical care, if you say you have a right to it, it's coming out of somebody else's pocket. Right. It's not for so free. Absolutely true. And I've told my free. wife this. Um, you know, I have a living will because, you know, at, uh, I went to LegalZoom.com and, and made one of these things because I don't want to uh, be a burden on my family. I said, look, if it gets to the point where it, it, it's, it's affecting the savings, I, I, I don't want you, you know, and it doesn't look like I'm going to come out of it. I give you complete discretion. Yeah, life isn't going to be happier with less money and a dead guy. I mean, because if you're dying, you're on your deathbed, and, the, you know, a little bit of cash is going to keep you alive for an extra two weeks, it's not going to make your life, any, the, the, the living people's lives, any happier after you pass away two weeks later, and now you're $100,000 poorer. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to help anybody and- at all. That, that $100,000 probably buys the poor sap a whole bunch of pain because they got to intubate him, stick these things down his throat at extreme discomfort. And if you're 80 years old and they're sticking that thing down your throat and then they're zapping you with the electricity to keep you awake, to keep your heart pumping, and, Life's and then poking, these, poking all these lines in your body. And I mean, there's, 
the amount of discomfort and pain that causes somebody who's 80 years old and ready to die is just, it's torture. You know, if I'm ever on my deathbed, I think what I want is uh, some good drugs. You know, just that's what I'll spend some. <laughs> that's what I'll spend the last mo- last bit of money on. Spend, you know, get really high before I uh, before I die. Don't try to keep me alive. Just, you know, send me out in style. Aldous Huxley well, did that. The man who wrote that's what world. morphine does. Yeah, I'm sorry. Basically, I'm looking for something a little different. Does. You know, Gee. morphine is is yeah. it's an, uh, a terrible. You know, a, it, you know, what do they call that? It, Heroin. What? You know, the stuff where you're all happy. What do you yeah, call that? Euphoria? Ecstasy? Yeah, that's euphoria, that's the word I'm looking for. Nirvana? Thank you for the call tonight, Gene. Appreciate it as always. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Oh, a couple hits of LSD, a little ecstasy yep. to go with that. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's that's been done. So Aldous Huxley, you say? Yeah, he wrote Brave New World. Yes, uh, he did. And he had, intravenously, he had, I've heard Some two soma. different reports I, the the most reputable the one I've been able to duplicate I have sources saying it was LSD I think there were other ones that said it was something else but I'm I pretty sure it was LSD. I thought they created that in the, like the 60s did he die that recently yes he okay. died he was he, it was like the 60s or 70s they died and he very much liked the drug my board operator is reminding me about the experimental chemicals uh, which I have not tried so that would be a good time to to try an experimental chemical like uh, you know a 2CI what's it the other one Foxy uh, there's some there's some interesting stuff out there. It's very hard to get your hands on, but but not illegal yet. No, no, it's some of it's illegal, uh. but some of it I think isn't. I don't know. I don't know much about the experimental stuff. Yeah, and I'm not interested in finding out. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. We go to uh, Reese in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Reese. Reese, Florida. I asked you guys about uh, about guns, but um, I've you just mentioned two CI and two CB, and I've actually tried those out before. And uh, from what, from my understanding, they're uh, illegal if they're in a capsule form. Hmm. So, I don't know. But they're, they're not illegal if they're in some other form? That wouldn't make sense. Well, I, what does? Well, but, good um, point. So what yeah, was it well, like, well, my 2CI? Question is, um, excuse me? What, what was it like? How was it? Oh, um, well, the 2CI was more like, uh, this was years ago, so maybe, uh, I just want to throw that out there. But uh, the 2CI was um, more like a body high. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought the 2CB was um, a little more intense than LSD. Where does one come across these experimental drugs? Did, I mean, were you in a club or something? No, 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 no. I, I've never been to a club in my life. I had, a, I just have a friend. Well, I don't even, I don't even know him anymore. But uh, he kind of went on the wrong alleys. But uh, yeah, well, drug dealers that happens. You know, they kind of yeah. come and they go. Yeah. But so, I don't know, it was a one-time thing, and I don't know. It was, it was pretty cool. Well, you know, the um, be, ca- the, be the safe, dang- kids. The the danger of this stuff is you just don't have any idea. You know, yeah, that's you could, another thing. If yeah. you could get it from a, a drugstore, yeah, manufacturer, you would sure. know um, what what you're dealing with here, and, right. and it'd be a lot safer. But uh, well, a lot the experimental of these- stuff is so hard to find. It, it's so rare. You don't have a test kit like with ecstasy. If you buy ecstasy, you can go out to Dance Safe and you can buy a test kit, and you can actually shave off a little bit of the pill to see if it's actually MDMA, which is what it's supposed to be, or if it's something masquerading as that. But with stuff like 2CI and 2CB, there's no test kits for that. It's just not yeah, popular I, I mean, enough. Right. I really have no idea what I had. Right, and the, the, the thing about some of these psychedelics is that uh, yeah, I mean, they can cause they can cause people to have uh, you know the, all, a psychotic episodes, never come back. There's there's all kinds of things. Well, somebody's got to do it, though. How are we ever going to know what the drug's effects are if we don't ha- have somebody test it? It stinks until it's your kid. It's, it's, it's fine and dandy until it's your kid. Even you know? laboratory testing. I mean, even if it was legal, there's no guarantee people would want to do it. But I'm sure 
some group would try to test its effects. But to be fair, a lot of the drugs that the government tells you are so bad are a lot safer than they suggest that they are. Not to say kids should run out and do them. Uh, you know, I don't recommend that. I don't I, recommend it either. I recommend you do research before you even come close to doing something like this. Uh, and Arrowhead.org. I'd, I'd agree with you on pot. I don't know about the rest of this stuff. I think Pot's it's harmless. But but the rest of the stuff is uh, not as dangerous as they suggest that it is. It's it's just not. There have been people that have been using uh, people in the 80s, for instance, early 80s, used large amounts of ecstasy, and they are now productive citizens that live normal lives. And sure, you're talking about regular ecstasy, but like you said, when it, when it comes to ecstasy, especially ecstasy, you don't have a clue as to what you're getting. Well, that's why I said. But that's what I... When I'm not talking about the black market product, Mark. I'm talking about the actual drug, MDMA, is not as dangerous as they sure, will try to tell you that it far, is. Um, pharmaceutical yeah. drug up until the Reese, you had another reason for calling. Hold on. We'll bring you back in hour three. 800-259-9231. And there are test kits, which will tell you if you've got the real deal when it comes to, uh, to MDMA. So you can be relatively safe with MDMA if you're willing to take the extra steps to do so. If you trust the dealer that you meet in the club, then... <laughs> Good luck to you. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. As we launch into hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. So enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Reese is on the line still in Florida. Reese, you were calling for a different reason than to tell us your drug stories. So what else was on your mind tonight? Or did we lose for a race? while? Oh, and um, I agree with a lot of the libertarian stuff you talk about. Yes, that's sir. Pretty much how my mindset is. But I've never heard you guys talk about what you think about guns. And, guns. Uh, what do you I, think I about you think, guns? Uh, excuse me. What do you think about guns? Oh, what do I think? I think uh, I don't know if I would if I would agree that I'd want them all to be legalized mm. because I don't know. I kind of worry about. I don't know. I kind of just take it home and I think about like my family how I wouldn't want to know that my mom is out on the road and someone could get road rage and shit or not that that couldn't happen anyway but oh, I'm kind of pro can. psychiatric oh it can but I'm more pro psychiatric evaluations and I don't but like I don't know I'm peace loving so I really don't see the need for guns anyway but that's just not reality so right, I'm, I'm really more interested in what you have to say neither is the psycho, um, psych, uh, psychiatric evaluation situation simply because if the government wants to lim- limit guns then we're all crazy bam just like that you know um yeah. Especially you liberty folk. Don't you think that uh, crazy people really have the right to protect themselves, too? Yeah, I, I, I guess mean, they do, but um, I'm, a convicted, I'm, not quali- I'm, I'm not qualified. I don't know who is qualified to call anyone crazy. Right, and, and that's, that's really the issue. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a convicted felon. It, it makes perfectly good sense to most people, um, especially when they don't think about the issue, they, they don't put any time into it, to think about, to say, yes, we shouldn't give guns to convicted felons. They're bad people. They've proven they're bad people. What in the world? We wouldn't allow them to have guns. But when you think about it, I've been out of prison for ten years now, Ian. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. Now, I spent I spent nine years in, but I've been out ten years. I should have the right to protect my family. But I've got you a, don't. I've got a little son on the way. I've Too got bad. a house. I've got a house. Yeah, your on, family sacrifices because you can't protect yourself. 
There you go. Well, no, the good news is we live in New Hampshire where gun crime is relatively on the low side. And it's, it's interesting when you look at the world of guns, and I'm sure Nick can speak more to this than we can as a uh, you know, New Hampshire native. Uh, the, the, the guns are even accepted by many of the Democrats in New Hampshire. It's kind of a, a much more pr- gun-friendly culture up here. But as a result of all the gun freedom that New Hampshire has and Vermont has and Alaska has, uh, those are three of the more gun-friendly states in America. As a result of that, per capita... The gun violence is very, very low here. Well, and I believe Florida, um, they adopted less restrictive carry laws, and their their crime rate went down. It's not as low as, say, New Hampshire or Vermont, but they did, when they eased their carry restrictions, overall the violent crime rate dropped. So, right. it, I mean, the statistics generally bear out that in states that move towards less restrictions on, on law-abiding people owning guns, or anybody owning guns, because the criminals are going to have them anyway. So basically, well, the same could be said about drugs. Like, like, if you were legalized drugs, you would have uh, probably, well, not even probably, you'd have less crime. You wouldn't even have a reason to pull a lot of people over. Oh, there's but, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, but but you're also, uh, absolutely, ending the drug war would play a big part in ending violent crime. But, yeah, I mean, it would. Both of them probably help. And it's also an international thing. It's not just that, I mean, yes, if you look at America, if you look at American cities and American states, uh, states and you see, okay, well, these states have more gun restrictions, these states have less gun restrictions, the states with less gun restrictions ha- that, uh, you know, that have more gun freedom have less gun violence. I mean, that's just a fact. The, the places like Washington, D.C. and New York City, I mean, I think D.C. is uh, one of the murder capitals of America, and they've got some of the most restrictive gun laws. But it's also international. If you look at Australia and uh, the United Kingdom, both of which have, within recent years, enacted some pretty severe handgun restrictions, uh, as soon as Great Britain in- enacted its handgun ban... Home invasions, armed home invasions went drastically up because the criminals who, as you said, Nick, they they don't care about the law. They're going to have guns, whatever the law says. So the criminals know that the law-abiding folk are now disarmed, the vast majority of them. They literally were just walking into people's homes, busting into people's homes in the middle of the day or, or, you know, whenever people were home. They didn't care anymore. They weren't even trying to be cautious about it. Because uh, they knew there was no chance they were going to come up against some armed opposition. It, it can be said, and if you watch usually anti-gun films like Bowling for Columbine, it is true when the anti-gunners say that there's less gun crime in countries like England, but they never had that many firearms to begin with. They just but, never had a... Well, but they ignore the fact that in the United States we have much fewer hot burglaries, which is what you were talking about, breaking in when people are home. Mm-hmm. That's not done in the United States, not because everybody owns a gun, but because there's a chance, there's a chance, and it's it's a fairly decent chance. It's a real possibility that a burglar breaking into a home that's occupied will get shot or possibly get shot, and that deters crime. It really does. And you know, you can look to countries that have more guns than us, as long as you keep it to you know the and developed world. And some of the statistics that they use to say that uh, well, gun crime has increased or uh, has decreased because of this uh, gun provision that we've uh, um, you know managed to put in place is you know they'll. Um, They'll use they'll they'll screw with the numbers because there's crimes out there that are gun crimes that aren't violent crimes. For instance, armed burglary. They'll uh, you know the idea is is that somebody broke into my home with a gun on their hip, right? Well, if you break into a house and steal a gun out of it because it's valuable and you can sell it for a couple hundred bucks at the pawn shop, you've just committed armed burglary. That's a number. That's a crime that they can move in and move out when they play with these statistics. How to lie with statistics, you know? So. And also Do you know the, if it's considered armed robbery if the gun isn't loaded? 
Uh, if you, I don't think if it matters. You, if yes. you steal a gun, it's armed robbery. I, I believe in New Hampshire, the threat of a, if you use a weapon to rob somebody, um, even the threat of a weapon, even if you didn't actually have a gun, but you could walk into a bank and say, I have a gun, use you're, your, charged, your, finger. you're <laughs> charged as if you had a weapon, if that was your threat. If yes. you threaten violence with a deadly sure. weapon. This, a person can do something rash and crazy. And allowing right. the government, Reese, allowing the government to get a hold of uh, of controlling guns is a slippery, dangerous slope. Because, again, it's not going to be you or I that makes the decisions as to well, who's going to be allowed to have them and who's not. They're going to start somewhere, and then those rules are going to expand out to the point where now we have over 20,000 gun laws on the federal books alone. That doesn't count all the state governments and all their gun laws. And, the uh, again, the definitions continue to expand as far as who's included in the group of people that can't own guns. We already know that felons in most places can't own guns. Now they're talking, I think they're, I, I believe it's to be the case soon that uh, many uh, veterans who have been uh, diagnosed with, uh, what, post-traumatic stress disorder? Right. Some sort of mental, PTSD. Any, any, any veteran uh, de- diagnosed with any kind of mental disorder or any American uh, now may be prevented from owning firearms. And so they just continue to expand that definition out. And some cities, again, it's just banned for everybody. Uh, and then you've also got the, you know, eventually it's going to go to the next step. Once they ban guns for everyone, which some people would like to see happen in America. And the government's never going to ban it for themselves. Then it goes to knives. And if you think I'm joking, that's what they're doing in the United Kingdom. Now they have, they, last year they had a knife turn-in week or a month or something where they were allowing people to come down to their local police department. Knife amnesty. Yeah, and turn in their knives. So, I mean, there's no end to the, to the insanity. The fact is, an armed society is a polite society, and uh, the statistics back it up. Thank you for the call tonight, Reese. We I appreciate, appreciate it. Bye. 800-259-9231. One example that gets overlooked a lot when the anti-gunners usually turn to a handful of countries in Europe where they can kind of play with the numbers and make it seem like guns cause a much higher murder rate in America. But they always overlook um, countries like Switzerland, which have even less gun laws than the United States. And the lower crime rate. So, yeah. you know, the argument, their arguments really don't hold up, but they can play with the numbers. And most, I've noticed that they usually just appeal to emotion. They talk about that one case well, where it, it's, it's a, a crazy really man got a gun and killed a, a child, which does happen, but likely would have happened even with the gun laws in place. It's an emotional issue. I mean, I can totally understand why people would want to eliminate guns. Uh, my mother-in-law just said recently, I think the world would be better if we didn't have guns. I can't argue with her on that particular point. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a tool. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not something I would bother arguing with. You the know, fact I've... is, we do have guns. You're not going to be able to pass a law that's going to get rid of them. Yeah. Never, ever, ever, You're ever are anywhere. you going to make them go away. And therefore, the only people that are, you, you can make, um, you know, turn on their guns are the good law-abiding citizens. You know, Mark, I've once, uh, I've, in the past on the show, and more, probably more than once, I've said that I agree with that point that, boy, it sure would be nice. But now that I think about it, I don't know if I agree with that anymore because one of the things that's great about a gun is that it is the great equalizer. So if you're a little lady or a little person in general and you're up against some hulking thug, having a gun can really help you out in that situation. Uh, And so, you know, even in the absence of guns, the marketplace would develop some sort of technology to, to equalize the odds between the little people and uh, the uh, the big people that are going to hurt them. So that's one of the, the important roles that guns play in society. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy them on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo, prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com. You can read some real testimonials there and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. Back to your phone calls. Let's talk to Steve in Texas. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes, on the issue of uh, guns and gun control, I think there should be a very simple measure on whether or not you can own something is that if you can tow it, you can own it. <laughs> okay, that's that works for me. And and I really have a lot of respect for you, Eon, for the positions that you've taken uh, opposing state-sponsored terrorism. And, well, the state is terrorism, but yes, I I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and and I think that you being a public person the way you are, you're you are taking a chance and oh, yeah. uh there's a good possibility that they may want to come after you and make an example out of it. Well, you. you know, what are they waiting for? I mean they know I'm here. They they definitely know I'm here and they know what I'm doing. So I think there's you know, they, while you say there is a there is a good possibility and I certainly understand that, I think on the other hand, they also probably realize that if they do make a move that A, they won't shut down the show because we are we are we are in the process of uh of setting up alternate locations to do the show from. We already have multiple co hosts who would fill in, so I mean they'd really have to take out all six or seven co hosts that we have on this show in one fell swoop, and that's not very likely to happen. Uh and they should also understand that if they did something like that, it would give Free Talk Live more free publicity than we've ever received in the history of the show. Uh, so even if they did do something like that, then uh, whoever was still left to continue on the program would have all kinds of extra media attention, and um, you know the, the the industry, the talk radio industry, would uh, certainly take notice of that. And you know, it's I I think it might be. It would be a very poor move on their part to uh, to to take an action like that against me or Mark or any of the any of the co-hosts on this show. So you know that's why I, that's why I say we're still here. It's been five years we've been on the air, three plus over three years syndicated. Uh, it's no secret what we're up to. They must know. Well, I, I also I also wanted to sing some praise for the Ridley Report and Dave Ridley. He he produces some fantastic uh, footage. Yeah, and it's it's it's. It's something that you can't get anywhere. I nope. mean, his uh, his documentation of what's happening in in the in the movement over there, it, it's uh, it's very interesting and and it's it's inspiring to watch his videos, and I enjoy him a, a great deal. Um, I would like to say though one more thing that I do disagree with you a little bit with on Ian. Yeah, is uh, your it's not really a disagreement, but I would like to encourage you to uh, explore more the area of Linux. And the reason why... <laughs> Go ahead. Because Sorry. when you, when you uh, uh, are, are a Microsoft user, inadvertently you are supporting the state. And this is how. How's that? Give money to proprietary software which in turn pays taxes. And if you're using Linux, 
you are you're using first of all you're using a much more secure operating system and it is uh the possibilities of back doors yeah. being installed in your computer are much less likely uh, hey, I know all the reasons, man. I, I know all the reasons to go to Linux. It's just the software I want to use isn't there. So it's just not uh, attractive well, for me. are you sure that, that there's not a uh, free software? Uh, what, 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 in particular, what is the software that you can't find a, a free software for? You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure they have audio editing software on Linux, and I know they have uh, I know they have web editing software, and those are probably the two things that uh, that I'm lo- most looking for. But you know, I do like the occasional video game, and uh, they just don't have that on Linux. You don't play video games anymore. And I do have a console if you want to play. What video about games. a dual boot system? Have you thought about that? Yeah, you know, again, what you're it's talking about is the learning stuff that I wouldn't want to do because I once once I learn how to use a program, I don't want to learn anything new. I I it, I, I find it abhorrent the whole idea of learning new things. Uh, but you know, the, this uh, for addition of Adobe Audition uh, to edit the show, and I can just barely do a little bit of stuff in it. And I don't know about uh, you know I would I wouldn't want to learn anything new as far as uh, w- audio editing software. Right. I just don't. I you know I, I would have to go through a new learning curve of learning the new new operating system. And I know I I said I would was going to install uh, when this, this conversation last came up. I told the listeners I would install Ubuntu to give it another try because they said oh it's changed so much in two years you've got to put it. Not even have to install. You can. I you know. Can and then you know what I ended up doing is I tried burning uh, CDs. Of the thing oh, and I tried booting from the CDs, but problem is my CD burners, you know, is on the fritz, and so those didn't work, and so it's like, you know, I've got to get a whole new uh, CD burner before I can even go into that. And I understand there are alternate ways that you can boot the system. It's just like I've got emails to answer, you know, I've got uh, business to take care of, I've got things you to do. Get stations I, yeah, the show too. I don't have time to tinker around. What I've got works. So if what I have is working, then why should well, I go through all this effort to change it just because? Well, Microsoft pays taxes. Of death, when you get the blue screen of death and when you get your system crashed, maybe you'll consider using Linux because you're going to get a much more stable operating you system. You know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, to be fair to Windows XP, I don't get blue screens of death unless there's serious hardware problems going on, and that hasn't happened in a while. My server here in the studio that, that records each show every night uh, and streams the show is running Windows XP, and it has been running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, since we started the syndicated version of this program. So it's been running without problem for over three years now at this point. So, I mean, it's, uh, if you're not doing a lot of crazy stuff and not changing your system around a bit, then it's, the system's not going to all of a sudden corrupt itself and go down the drain. I, you know, again, I haven't been having problems. If I had, I'd probably seriously be looking at uh, at Linux as an option. And I know all the Linux people out there are just... <gasps> You're not respecting our operating system enough. It's not that I love Windows. I don't. It's just what I know. It's what I know, and it's what I. Uh, it's what it works. It's working for me. I can get my well, work that, done. That is the problem with Windows. Is that uh, most people start out when they buy a computer from wherever they buy it from. It comes with Windows already loaded on it, so they become used to it. But today, Linux is much, uh, much easier to use. Than I know. Ever Everyone before. keeps telling me that. You know, at some point here, I'm going to build a new computer, and maybe I'll put Linux on there and play around with it for a little while when uh, when I get the opportunity. And who knows? Maybe you'll can maybe it'll convert me over. Maybe and I'll I'm be. I'm sure there's 
plenty of people out there who would be more than willing to help you. I myself would be glad to. You've offered, you've given me so much with your program. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to lend you a hand and and walk you through any problems. Well, thank you. you. That and, is so uh, sweet. I really, I, no, seriously, I don't want you to think I'm joking. I, I really do appreciate the offer, and, and uh, I, there are some really talented Linux people out there, and, you know, we actually run, we do run Linux on our server. The Free Talk Live server is running Linux, and we did make a switch, because we used to be running Windows uh, on our server, and I said, hey, we can do Linux cheaper. Let's do Linux. <laughs> and cheaper so and that, that made it happen. Um, so thank you for the call, dude. And, oh, it's not free to run the server. We still have to pay the server company for the hosting. But that makes the that. whole cost. But yes, Because the, it's free, it makes the whole thing The cheaper. cost did go down, and uh, hey, that worked for me. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just download it right there from the front page of the website. Free at freetalklive.com. Plus, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to meet activists who are already achieving real success in New Hampshire, at achieving liberty in our lifetime, that is. And you can see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's Porkfest.com. To the phones and the fun, Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Vince? How are you this evening, Ian? Just great. What's on your mind? Oh, I just wanted to... I was reading the paper here, the top court's supposed to air the TV curse word case. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I heard about that. This is oh. not just for TV. This is for t- television and radio. Uh, and, yeah, they may be deciding as to whether or not stations can be fined $325,000 per utterance of an indecency. Or not just or an indecency, but a profanity. F-words or whatever. Yeah. Because they said it, Bono on YouTube said he uttered the phrase F brilliant. I don't know what he said, 2003. That's eight years ago, five years ago now. Yep. It's, it's it, ludicrous it, they can take him back. It's really just a tax. I mean, that's all it boils down to, because they know that as long as there's live TV and live radio, you're going to hear unintended utterances on the live television and live radio. And anybody who listens knows that this can happen. Happens on our show. There's no way to stop this from happening, because there's a lot of people out there that utter these things that, uh, you know, they don't have anything to do with the television station that aired it. There was some guy that called in last night. He got very upset and let off the F-bomb. Yep. So I understand, you know, you guys got to protect yourselves. But, well, um, we do, and, you know, and, you know the it? network, I think, may have to, if this law goes through, they may have to seriously consider installing a dump box, which means oh, the uh, the board operator would have more work to do. Uh, but, you know, if if, if it's going to result in uh, stations dropping the show because of that, then that'll be something they'll have to seriously consider. But right now, I think... I was going hmm? to say something else. Garrett Trudeau, he writes a comic column... For the, many of the local newspapers, even for the Connellys and Rice's, brown sugar. 
As what? Brown sugar. As brown sugar back in 2006. Well, that's not a that does not qualify as one of the seven dirty words. It, so is, it's in, right. it well, is insulting. Right. The content of the show is not at issue. You can still have an insulting show. You can still have a rude show. You, you can, can have still, a bigoted show. You can still talk about sex. Uh, it's just that if you use certain terms, then somebody's going to get upset. And it's absolutely ludicrous. And uh, Vince, thank you for the call and bringing that up thank tonight. Thank you very much. 800-259-9231. It's certainly something we in the broadcast world are keeping our eyes on. Yep. Yeah. All in the name of American screamishness. It, 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 the, the thing is, is it's, but the, that's the part of it. Um, part of it, though, is it's ludicrous. You can't stop it from happening. As long as there's live radio, live oh, television. If you've got a dump box, you'll stop it. If, if the Edge or um, who's Bono or uh, Slash goes on uh, television. I think it was Cher, says, too, actually. Whatever. Says some dirty word. The television station doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, I suppose that they could air at seven seconds delayed. They have delayed. a responsibility to, to the, the young eyes and ears of America. I think, we, I think we all know well, that's much crap. Well, the, the idea is that they don't even own their station. They're just allowed to use the public airwaves. They're so licensed. It's, just, it's communist theory, basically. And that's what you get when you have government controlling things. It controls it pretty tightly. I should point out that uh, I did say you can talk about sex on the radio, and that's true, but you have to keep pretty clinical about it. Uh, you can't pander about sex. If you begin to pander to the lowest common denominator, then you're in the world of indecency and obscenity, and the FCC doesn't take too kindly to that stuff either. So, we walk a tight rope here on Free Talk. Well, they managed to do it on love lines, and, and I'd say... Love line s- can be indecent, but they can't be obscene. Oh, because of the uh, late because night. Because of late night. Mm, yeah. I see. The safe harbor as it is called. So, you know, it's just so ludicrous. Does anybody really believe, are there any parents in the audience tonight that actually believe that their kids, if they didn't hear curse words on the radio or television set, would be completely unaware of what curse words are? Right. Now, I don't particularly want to listen to a uh, radio show that has a bunch of curse words in it. I guess if one slipped now and then, it wouldn't bother me. I've, I've certainly used them in my uh, day-to-day life, but that's not how I want to be confronted on the radio. It's mm-hmm. not what I want. But if I'm hearing that on the radio, I could just as easily change uh, the, the channel. I don't need to go ahead and uh, make legislation. So the kids are really, uh, it, it seems to me, just an excuse. The kids are using these words. Kids are oh, more... Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they use more curse words than uh, than the generation before them. It's it, So far, all the generations do. My generation uses uh, the F word just in, in regular conversations. No big deal. And I'm sure that the generation beyond that is using it even more than we do. You know, it's really more... Uh, the, the idea that people don't curse, and that's kind of what the... The purpose of these bands is all about to portray this sort of fantastic version of America mm-hmm. that, you know, this 1950s right, perfect... Where, where we, we were sleeping in separate twin beds. Which, by the way, the 50s weren't the way that it's portrayed. No. Uh, but that's, you know, that's sort of the idea is that we w- want this idyllic... Uh, the white picket fence America, where nobody says anything naughty, and the, uh, the you know the football co- coaches don't try to sleep with the cheerleaders, and uh, people aren't doing drugs everywhere. You know this sort of fantastic version of America that doesn't really exist. That's kind of what it's all about, and it doesn't take long for young people to realize that that's just a big joke. And they pick up the uh, they pick up the attitudes, they pick up the uh, the dirty words, and they go and they uh, they bring them into their conversation. And even the people, you know, it's funny we talked we mentioned yesterday, Mark. Even at the talk radio conventions, 
that's really when you get to hear these talk show hosts at their uh, their swarthiest. Yeah, I mean they've got this talk radio rumble where the they get like three or they get three righties and three lefties or whatever, and they put them up on the same stage. And boy, there are all kinds of curse words that come out of those guys' mouths. I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. You know, I when I got I was re- relatively new at the station. Um, I, I just started uh, working, I think, that day at the uh, radio station where you and I were, and um, another person was starting. No, it wasn't my first day. Um, I had been there like a week and. And another person was starting that day, and uh, Big Jim was down the hall, and he was hollering about something and said the F-bomb. The general manager of the station. Right. The general manager of the station said the F-bomb, and then, uh, you know, the the person who was getting their tour, uh, their their sort of host said, and Jim, this is the new employee, says, welcome to radio, we say F. And, (laughs) you know, it's just, I don't understand how they, uh, I don't use it in my uh, day-to-day life. I try not to, simply because I don't want to get caught. You know, I don't yeah. want to mess up, but well, and I certainly have. It's a word that can be used in so many different ways that it can substitute for a whole lot of regular words. And if you use curse words in that way, you can kind of sound dumbed down. You mm-hmm. can sound as though you don't have much of a vocabulary. So there are some real tangible reasons to not pepper your vocabulary with curse words that make sense in the marketplace in that if you're going in for a job interview and peppering your interview with curse words. Yeah, you certainly don't want to use it there. It's not going to work very well for you. But, you know, the fact is, in reality, people do curse. Uh, It is something that people do, and it's ludicrous to believe they don't. In the business culture... It does matter. Um, I like I said, I've used the word, but um, there's a good friend of mine that I was sort of in business with together. He, uh, he he was my boss, and when all the other employees would be gone, he was very good about not doing these things um, when other people were around. But when all mm-hmm. the employee other employees were gone, sometimes he would use that terminology with me because he considered me a friend. I see. I didn't like hearing it come out of his mouth. Hmm. Well, um, when you're now, if if I were his boss or something like that, maybe that would affect my decision somehow, you know, subconsciously when I was deciding between his promotion and the other person's promotion. You've got to be very careful using that terminology. It's just it's 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 friend backyard terminology if you're going to use it at all. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. My boss uses it sometimes, mm-hmm. but well, it, but not around other people. I mean, not around clients, backwards. for instance. Right. But for whatever reason, real estate offices, people get trucker mouth when when there's no clients around. I mean, well, welcome know. to America. I mean, it, it well, happens everywhere. Grade, fourth graders are you couldn't air most of their conversations over the radio. You know, what, unedited. Would, what would happen if the words weren't forbidden? Well, wouldn't people just. Yeah. I mean, isn't there isn't there an argument to be made that that, that sort of language wouldn't have evolved if we didn't forbid that sort of language? A la drug prohibition, a la anything else that's been prohibited. I mean, there's no explicit prohibition against it in general, but I agree with that. Forbidden fruit is attractive. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. Bring up anything that's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll free line. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter what you buy. Used, new, 41 categories to shop in. We get a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Jeff in Reno is on the line, listening on KBZZ. Hello, Jeff. Hey, what's up, guys? I just wanted to 
talk a little bit about the American Gestapo and the secret police in the United States, that being the FBI. You know, I've, I've got Robert Mueller. He's the director of the FBI. I came across his email address, mm-hmm. and I also have his phone number uh, to his office, directly to his office, but it, I guess uh, it only is available from 8 to 5. I think it transfers somewhere, you know, after 5 p.m. Eastern time, it transfers to a different department. But I want to give his email address out over the air. It's Why? Robert, Robert.Mueller at IC. What's the purpose of this? Again, Robert.Mueller. What's the purpose, Jeff? Well, the purpose is this. I'm about to send Robert Mueller an email tomorrow, and I want to ask him about when I was in Denver, my CDs, my compact discs were stolen by an FBI informant, about $5,000 worth of my music. Hmm. Why would they Uh, do that? Not to mention the sentimental value. Well, they knew that I was uh, beginning to start my movement, and of course they wanted to create all the financial hardships that they could. And of course, what kind of movement are you starting, or were you starting? Uh, well, it's uh, you can do a Google search and type in "renegade movement," and uh, they've been tampering with my political blog. They're running the paragraphs together, and I've been, <laughs> no, okay. I'm serious. Check this out, guys. I've been I've been petitioning. The, the government, the Department of Justice, and I even called them through the you know to try to get reimbursed because I have For a your police CDs? report about it and I have a I have a witness. And how do you know it was an FBI agent that took your CDs? I'm not saying it was an FBI agent. Well, wait, it, oh, it was informant. one of their little government helpers. And how was, do you that know was, that? That was my livelihood. And basically, your CDs. Yeah, I mean my CDs. That's 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 how I made my living. What do you do? Uh, Are you a musician? He's DJ. No, the disc jockey. Oh, DJ right. Blaze. DJ Blaze. Yeah, DJ Blaze. That's it. So and wait, now how do you know it was an FBI informant? Well, uh, based on all the other stuff that was happening in Denver, mm-hmm. I had FBI agent Brian Smith, who was following me all over Denver, harassing me. He wrote me three frivolous tickets, okay, for when I was the calling. FBI's writing your tickets? Yeah, he, he wrote me three frivolous tickets. Yeah, he wrote in there, and they were documented in court. And what happened was he was writing me tickets because I called his boss, Steve Olson, and reported him for harassing me. So he wrote me a ticket for telephone harassment on three different times. And of Didn't course, you call once to say they were, like, following you outside of a restaurant or something like that? Yeah, well, what happened was I, I was actually on the Alex Jones show, and I was talking about the CIA child sex ring and uh, other rings, the Conspiracy of Silence. And uh, you can type that in on Google search so you can watch the video. Yeah, and I can't wait. right after I was on Alex's show, well, not right after, but maybe an hour after, I got something to do at Wendy's. And I left Wendy's, and I was about to call across the street. And I saw these, these guys running up on me, and it was two FBI agents, uh, Brian Smith, his partner, David Price, and three Colorado State investigators. You know, Jeff, if, if what you're saying is true, and it's I have true. no idea if it is, I mean, we're obviously taking your word for it, but if, if what you're saying is true, it really just goes to, it just goes to show they, what these FBI agents are spending their time on. They're spending yeah, they, their time they, they investigating threw, DJ Blaze for his website. Well, no, they, they threw out the tickets. The tickets were dismissed because they didn't have jurisdiction to write the tickets. And, of course, that's one of the reasons they were thrown out. My, my attorney... Uh, filed discovery motions on the FBI, and of course, uh, they were all, you know, 
all the charges were dropped eventually. But DJ, I had to go through months and months, a few months of... DJ, Williams, where do they get the tickets from? If they don't have jurisdiction to write tickets, the FBI doesn't he write got, tickets, he, where do they get them? Where do, he, got like, the tickets, he got the tickets through Denver County. It was Denver County Court. And he was, that's what it, that's what it said on the ticket. <laughs> and apparently he just grabbed a ticket book from somewhere. So now you're claiming, so now you're claiming that they've stolen your disc, your CD, your DJ CDs, and oh, they, that they're yeah, messing they with your blog by running the paragraphs together? I mean, is that as bad as it gets? That's the worst I they mean, can do no. to you? No, they're doing political spying. They're, they're involving in, you know, basically the same thing they've been doing to activists, trying to disrupt my activities. Um, trying to why don't they try to disrupt our activities? I mean, why are yeah. they focusing on you instead of here in New Hampshire, for instance? I think well, that's actually Robert the FBI. Mueller, that, the, I think it's the FBI that's actually making it snow and making it so darn cold here in New Hampshire because it's disrupting my activities. I want a serious answer from DJ Blaze on this. Why are they going after you, DJ Blaze, and not Free Talk Live or some of the activists here in New Hampshire? Well, uh, basically because I'm exposing quite a few things on my political blog that they don't want exposed. And first of all, they're claiming national security. Well, guess what? A blog is links to other websites, okay? Mm. And uh, let me tell you guys something. In the past Where are you right now? Are you at a bar? Well, no, I'm in a casino. Oh, okay. But in, in any event, uh, let, me, let me just say this, guys. In the past two years, okay, I was picked up by the Department of Homeland Security, mm. taken to the federal building for maybe 10 minutes, then released. Okay, I was visited by a Secret Service agent. I've been approached by federal marshals and harassed by the FBI. So you guys tell me. I don't. You know what I don't understand is why don't they just disappear you? I mean, if they're they're getting into all this contact with well, you, wouldn't because, it be easier to just make you disappear? Law, because under federal law, if if if, if and I've made arrangements, uh, the civil rights law, criminal civil rights violations. If if they attempt to murder me or murder me. No, no, no. The, you don't get murdered. Death penalty. You just get okay. disappeared, see? They t pick you up, they take you off the streets, and they put you in some spooky military brig somewhere in South Carolina. <laughs> and then they might take you out to, you know, the Sudan or something like that and but have some was, was scary say, men guys, do the, the dirty deed. For over a year, I've been, uh, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of government documents stamped by the I'm US sure you do. office. Are they on your offices. blog? What's that? Are they on your blog, your government documents? No, they're filed in federal court. Oh, but okay. in any event, I've been petitioning. You got to put DO these things on the internet so people can actually verify your claims, Jeff. Because otherwise, yeah, I mean, it just it, sounds it, like, it, you're, it, like you're it's a crackpot. Federal court documents, but I'm, I've been petitioning the, de the department that calls itself justice. Okay. Why bother? Right? What's the point of petitioning these government agencies? Isn't it possible that by initiating all this contact with the government, that you're just drawing attention to yourself? Well, since I'm a civil rights victim, I've been petitioning for the uh, for for uh, funds from the from the um, criminal or the uh, the uh, victims' crime fund. You think the government's going to pay out? For, to reimburse me for my CD. Ain't going to happen, man. Well, I tell you they what. They don't even have evidence they have your well, CDs. Oh, I, I have documentation. Let me just say this. How I'll do you know? I'll tell Robert Mueller in an email, you know, either the DOJ, they're going to compensate <laughs> me as, a, as a, a victim of civil rights, or I am considering uh, making some nonviolent, nonviolent, Financial crimes. What does Robert Mueller think about that? Charge me. I dare him to. I want to go to federal court. DJ Blaze is on fire tonight. Thank you for the call. Wow. That was too much. 
normally he doesn't come off as quite as crazy as he did tonight because maybe he makes just, some really good points. But, sometimes I, 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 you know, yeah, I sincerely hope it's when he gets that, to the paranoid stuff. If this stuff happened to him, that uh, that he's successful. Um, I think if the FBI wanted to shut you up, they would just plant evidence of a federal crime on you and arrest you. Not yeah, steal why your CDs? <laughs> steal your CDs. They hand you some tickets outside of Wendy's. With your blog. Yeah, <laughs> run your paragraphs together if, on the blog and give you a Denver, Colorado ticket outside of Wendy's if and claim to be the FBI. Doing those things, I think it's more likely that it's just a private individual who doesn't doesn't like him, and maybe they're posing as the. I mean, if it's somebody who knows his blog and doesn't like him for that reason, they could be pretending to be the FBI. I mean, I, ser- <laughs> I seriously, I don't know. I seriously doubt the director of the FBI, and I haven't checked. Maybe he does. I seriously doubt the director of the FBI has a public... Uh, he might have a public phone line, but somehow I doubt you can call just call him up. Oh, it's... Yeah. I, it Someone's going to answer that besides the director. That, yeah, that seems... Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Keith in Memphis, Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Keith. Oh, I just want to clarify. Um, DJ Blaze is correct. In fact, there is a vast conspiracy, and the media is also involved. My local school newspaper, they refused to cover Ron Paul throughout the election in Tennessee. So what I did... I wrote him a letter to the editor. However, they ran the paragraphs together when they printed that. <laughs> Enjoy. That's a hallmark of the FBI's meddling, apparently, when they run paragraphs together. <laughs> wow. I do wow. Love well, because I nothing's more demoralizing for a fledgling political movement than to have their paragraphs run together on the op-ed <laughs> page of the newspaper. <laughs> oh, boy. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. We shall return tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com and keep your eyes out for those federal agents with the Denver, Colorado ticket books. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.